Some headlines for you today, which include some Team USA drama, some Liz Canby's drama, um, just kind of multiple brands of drama. Uh, but first, I can't do it alone. Um, hopefully, I'm not too loud in his ears right now because I'm trying out a new microphone. But let me go ahead and introduce Kyle Haywood. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, dude. Doing really, really well. And, uh, and you sound... You sound crystal clear. Although you, I, I can tell it's slightly different. You're in, uh, you're in your new recording office. Am I, am I correct? I am. I'm in, uh, a, like a echoey corner of an empty second bedroom. Um, so if the sound quality is not great, we'll listen back to this and we'll change some things up and make sure that that's tip top for you. Right now, I'm trying to speak into a sweatshirt covering my computer screen, um, so that I'm not bouncing off of the walls in here. So we'll see how that goes. It's all good. As, 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 uh, Logan gets more established. So if it sounds a little echoey, just, uh, just know that's not going to stay that way. It's a part of moving is you have to make some adjustments to where you record. So yeah. So Logan, Logan, I don't know how echoey it, it will sound on the end, but if it's a little echoey for this one episode, we apologize. That will, that'll, that'll work itself out. Don't worry. We got it. We'll get it covered. We're, we're tinkering. We're tinkering. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we do. This is our All Star Trip review slash All Star Game slash Team USA. Uh, kind of, we're we're talking about it. the The Olympics are right around the corner. Um, you're going to be hearing this episode just in a matter of a couple of days once Jason gets out, and we're going to be underway. Um, feels a little weird after everything that's happened in the past eighteen months. It re- it really is crazy that it's been. Like that we're finally hitting Olympics and hopefully fingers crossed. I saw some of the COVID numbers and uh, hopefully we'll see some Olympics <laughs> if we can get some of the, if we can get some of the uh, COVID cases under, under control. But yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. I have really, really like, I love the Olympics. We, I, we as a, as hosts on this podcast, talk about the Olympics frequently and not just basketball, but all of the Olympics in summer and winter, we, that's something that we just as friends talk a lot about. So it's the best. Go. It's well, I won't say it's the best because I always have a special place in my heart for March madness, but in terms right. of worldwide events, um, it's just the best. I love the Olympics. We're obviously going to be coming at you with multiple episodes throughout this next break while the WNBA season is off because there's going to be plenty going on. Uh, but before we get to that, we all four of us got together for a trip to Vegas. It's the first time that the hosts of the show have ever actually been in like the same room as a WNBA event. All of us together. No missing persons. Uh, that was really fun. I don't know, Kyle, if you want to dive into our adventure this isn't really a pod that's about us necessarily but we did have an adventure uh trying to get back from vegas which included a road yeah. trip and uh some sing-alongs if you were following <laughs> us on on twitter uh, how are you yeah. recovering from from the trip because you, you know, were the driver it, it, it was um 
Honestly, just to kind of start at the the beginning of the trip was was a blast. I mean, everything went pretty smoothly. Um, flying in, we met up with Jason. Jason flew him from Dallas. We flew him from Salt Lake. Uh, so we were all three of uh, us, me, Logan, and Steve were on the on the same plane, um, and had a good night. Um, woke up, went to Top Golf. Uh, those of you who uh, f- follow us on Twitch. Um, maybe you were part of that Twitch hangout at Top Golf that day. That day, that was a lot of fun. I was just kind of an off the cuff um, uh, chance that we had to, you know, kind of hang out and and be there. And we met up with our good friend John Bird uh, from Windsider and had a great chat with John. That was a lot of fun. And so, if you um, if you guys want to get some good coverage specifically on the Washington Mystics, John is your guy. Um, and, uh, and so shout out to John and shout out to Windsider in general, um, check always, always love their coverage and of the W. Um, but yeah, after that, Logan, we got to go to the actual all-star game against team USA. What was just your, your initial like thoughts and reaction as we, as we kind of got into the game? Cause I, I, it was, it was crazy. The amount of like big names all on the basketball court. Yeah. Um, star power was there. Uh, we were there in 2019 in the same arena where, where we kind of got our first sense of that, but, um, star power is, is, it's always crazy to just see everybody not just sharing uh, the same court while they were playing, but the sidelines, just how much fun they were having each other with the sidelines. There's, there's a lot of teammates and players that aren't on the same team in this league that are just really good friends. And it's fun to kind of see that play out in person. Um, the thing I was probably most struck by was how quickly and how obviously it became a real exhibition game. Um, mm. In 2019, the All-Star game was a lot of, let's give the fans a show, you know, let's try to get some dunks in there, try to get like some some fancy passes. There was a handful of sh- like, you know, showmanship in this game, but for the most part, it was an exhibition that it seemed like the players were taking seriously. Now, don't confuse that with every player was going 100% um, because nobody on Team USA was doing that. Um, give you a little preview for what we're going to talk about for the bulk of this episode right now. Like, uh, I it, To me, it looked like Team USA was going at 70% effort on both ends of the floor pretty much the entire night. Doesn't mean it wasn't fun. They were hitting everything, especially in the first half. Um, and it, was, it was still a blast. But um, we noticed right away a handful of players, Arike... Um, Courtney Williams that actually John seemed Quill. to be playing, yeah, that really seemed to be playing with some intensity. Um, so not just taking it seriously, but actually, you know, giving it sort of the atmosphere of a game that mattered, which is not something that you see in an All-Star game very often. And that brought kind of a gravity to this game that was very unique um, and very worthwhile. It was, it was a worthwhile watch as, as much as any exhibition can be that doesn't have an impact on the standing. So to yeah. me, that made it very interesting. Well, and I thought that once once Team USA kind of started to realize uh, that the a lot of the WNBA All Stars were just going to be bringing the like really bringing the heat, um, I think they stepped up because yeah, I think it started out like not quite you know full speed like uh, yeah it, it was it was maybe toned down just a little bit you know I think to avoid injury it's exhibition you're still working some things out. But yeah, like I think it really it started to get a little more serious once uh once team, you know, the WNBA All-Stars were like taking a lead and like not relenting it and and really going at it. Like the 
it, it slowly got more and more competitive. And I think even at the beginning of the game, when it was probably like it's, you know, like kind of at a low point of competitiveness, it was still way more competitive than the all-star game in 2019. Like it, it was, it was very much different uh, in, in that sense. So I thought it was a blast. Um, we had a great time there. Um, just tons of fun. Afterwards, we went out to, uh, to eat uh, with, with a good friend of the show. Shout out to our friend Joe. Uh, it was the second, uh, second time in a row that we've actually met her at a WNBA All-Star game. So that was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with Joe for a bit. Um, and then... Um, we got home. We were thinking about doing like a stream or a recording there. And we just were so exhausted. I think all of us just after such a week, cause, cause we didn't get to bed till pretty late, uh, that first night. So we were all pretty tired. So we, we all fell asleep and Jason immediately the next morning, uh, headed out on his, uh, flight out back to Dallas. And then we ended up having quite a, uh, quite a journey in our efforts to get home. So we ended up trying to get to the airport at like, uh, I think it was like one ish that we got to the airport one in the afternoon on Friday or excuse me, Thursday. And, uh, we hopped on our plane. Everything was smooth, uh, headed out to the runway. And all of a sudden we just started, uh, we just sat on the runway and like didn't move for a while. And I don't know, 20 minutes goes by and all of a sudden they said, Hey, like we're just getting something checked out, sit tight, don't stress. And then we <laughs> sat for another 10 minutes and at, then they said, actually, <laughs> at what point Kyle, did you know that plane was never leaving the ground? Um, when the, when, <laughs> I'll tell you the exact moment it, uh, it was prior to an announcement, but it, it happened. You hear that little ding and then it's like an announcement's coming through, right? So you hear the ding and all of a sudden I hear the, uh, the captain comes on and just goes <sighs> like into the microphone, <laughs> like before, That's never a sound you want to hear from be, the before making the announcement, the captain just goes <sighs> like there's this big sigh, like. And then they said, well, we, we need to go back. We, we need to get something checked out. There's a grinding sound that we need to get checked out. So we're going to head back to a gate. At this point, we're like almost an hour, like behind schedule. And the reason, uh, why this was I important to us is because we were actually making a connecting flight in Phoenix. We had to fly to Phoenix first and then back up to Salt Lake. And yeah, which wasn't the original itinerary, but no, they made, it, they, they made that change prior to us getting to Vegas. So. We're already yeah. like way like we're in the final stages of, of Logan's ability to handle things. Yeah, we thought um, we were going to be home at like at like 10 a.m. on Thursday and they bumped our flight back to like 245 and then it was going to have an hour and a half layover in Phoenix. So we were going to be home in like Utah till like eight at night. And so we were kind of bummed about that. Um, but then they uh, we hop off the plane and then you can tell pretty quickly that it's going to be a little while. It's going to be a couple hour delay. And so we're like, well, now we've missed our connecting flight. There's no way for us to get home to Utah, like on this airplane tonight. So we had to make a decision. Do we stay? They, they offered us a hotel and, and to fly us out the next day. Or the three of us were all planning on trying to work the next day. <laughs> and we'd already taken off some time that week. So we're like, we got to get back to our jobs. 
So uh, Logan and Steve and myself decided that uh, rather than try and stay and, and fly back the next day, we would rent a car and just drive the seven hours from Vegas back to Utah. So that's exactly what we did. <laughs> so we re- we went and rented a car and uh, had WNBA Road Trip Part 3 um, <laughs> on our way back. So... Yeah, that, that ended up being the, the case. And so it was kind of a, kind of a crazy end to a really, really fun couple days there in Vegas. Um, but, uh, we, uh, uh, Logan and I, cause, you know, Logan and I live in the same house. Um, Logan and I pulled into our driveway at 5.30 a.m. Friday morning. And I know Logan was supposed to get up at eight for work the next day or that day, I guess. So Logan was going to run on just a couple hours of sleep to, to get to his job. So, which, uh, we, when the last time we did a road trip, I had classes the next day, which I, yeah. I, I did on low sleep. But the thing is when you're 24 and when you're 29, there's this change that happens in your body <laughs> that just prevents you from it's, handling it's things different. like that. It's different at 29 than it is at 24. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it doesn't come naturally anymore. So yeah, it, it was an experience, but overall a positive time. We, we all had a lot of fun. The sing along in the car was, is always great. We actually ended up in a pretty comfy car. Thanks to, to Kyle being proactive about getting us, getting us a rental before they all <laughs> ran out. So we made it there. We made it back. We saw John and Joe and lots of other friends there that we enjoyed spending time with and found a new favorite restaurant that we will have to hit up next time we're there. Oh yeah. Um, so just overall really good time. The game, as we said, more competitive than the last. Um, very impressed by Enrique Ogumbawale, who I know earlier in the day, we had, had we were doing a live stream at Top Golf. Yeah. And I think she, she came up as a, as a potential, like maybe all-star MVP. Yeah. Like maybe she has it. Cause the all-star MVP is typically someone who has something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, it, it could have been someone like a Bree Stewart in this game, but um, it really, like, I thought Courtney Williams and Enrique Gumbawale were the two that went, knowing that they were probably on the bottom of, of the list of, of the roster that got in and got the all-star nods, and really felt like they needed to prove that they belonged there, and did so. So it was very fun to see Enrique. It, it became clear that she was gunning for it early, and then when she hit a three and got the four-point play, we all were like, all right, so that was... Not only did she just put a dagger through Team USA, um, but she, like that pretty much locked up the award for her. So that was very fun. Overall, a good time. We're going to segue this now into a little bit of a Team USA discussion, which is they lost by eight to yes. the WNBA All-Star team. And then they went and lost again in an exhibition match to Team Australia. So we got on, got, we got on Twitch. Uh, an hour ago, started talking. The very first comment in the Twitch chat, I need your thoughts on USA basketball. <laughs> that's that's what the people want to hear. So, Kyle, the floor is yours. Is this big deal, little deal, no deal at all? Um, I think that I, when I was first seeing some of the results, I was getting more stressed. Like, obviously, I was like, oh, like, they lost to the All-Stars. And I wasn't as stressed about that one because I knew that that was, you know, that was kind of whatever. But I became a little more stressed when they lost to Team Australia, especially because Liz Cambage was not playing with Team Australia. Um, and we'll chat about that in just a little bit. Um, but yeah, 
I got real, I, I, I started really being like, what is, what's going on? What's with Team USA? However, I will say this. Um, I trust Don Staley. I still think that USA is probably still, they're, they're still the favorites to win in Tokyo. Like, sure. I really do think so. I think when the rubber meets the road and everybody's taking it a hundred percent serious, like, like it's, you know, life or death, you know, like we have to win this game. I still feel really, really good about this team USA squad. Um, I don't think that it's going to be a, a problem for them to, to, you know, make it happen. I think that they, they still are, are figuring a few things out. Um, and, and I don't want, I do not mean this to come across as like a, well, you know, they're taking it easy. They weren't as serious about it. And Australia was playing as if it was, you know, their lives depended on it. I don't, I, I don't want to come across that way. Australia deserves every ounce of credit for getting the W in this game. Um, I do think that they felt like they had a little bit to prove considering everything that had transpired with, uh, with Liz Cambage prior to that game. Um, so I think that they were kind of on a little bit of a, uh, you know, they were, they were kind of wanting to get after it a little bit, but yeah, I think that the, um, uh, I, I still, I'm not overly concerned, but I, uh, I've, 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 Peaked my, uh, it's peaked my attention a little more, if, if that makes sense. I think that, uh, I, I think that, mm, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I'm, I'm not concerned, but I'm definitely like watching a, with a little bit, uh, I'm watching a little bit more closely, if that makes sense. So I, I'm curious, what, what's your take on this? Uh, it certainly casts doubt over, a team and a country and an event in which you don't, if, if you're the USA, it's kind of embarrassing even to have doubt there that you're going to win it. Right. Uh, for both the men's and women's teams, you go into the Olympics assuming if we play to our potential, like this, it's kind of a gold medal or bust expectation. Um, right. Obviously that's changing as it becomes a more global sport and, and players start playing for for other teams more and more that, that come from Australia. And I know like the Nigeria team is, is stacked and like, I, I get that, but I think the expectation for USA basketball is always going to be win a gold or what are you doing? Um, yeah. I still expect them to do that. As you said, they're still going to be the favorite. That doesn't necessarily like, I, I don't want to put a percentage chance that they win at all on it, but I, I would still be extremely disappointed and, and frankly shocked if they did not end up pulling it out. Um, but I am a little concerned. The Australia game was really interesting. Um, I've, I've defended Sue Bird's spot on this Olympic team, but she had some low lights on defense. Didn't do a lot on the offensive end. Um, Bree Stewart is still a freaking stud and she alone might be enough to carry the USA through some bad times until everyone else starts getting their act together. Um, yeah, so is, she had 17 and 12 against Australia. Yeah. It, like, it is extremely difficult, even for elite players, to turn on that internal fire you need to have in order to win a medal. Like, you have to understand every other country, Australia, peak among them, is playing for national pride. Like, they are playing as though their lives depend on it. And they are coming as underdogs to dismantle, like, the, the USA's run of gold medals that they've been on. So, like, the chase is on, and Team USA, I, I think, has looked as though they've been playing it 
70 or 80% since we saw him in Vegas. And they assume that they can, you know, flip a switch. And that's a dangerous assumption to make. Yeah. So I, it is. It's, I'm not, it, I, I I'm agree. Not I think, yeah, I'm not panicking, I, but I, I don't hit the, the big red button just yet. But yeah, it's, it's definitely something you should be paying attention to, though. What's annoying is if you end up playing Australia for, for a medal. Now Australia now, like, has, yeah. Yeah. What you don't want is teams believing that they can beat mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so yeah. you cast doubt on your, like the intimidation and the dominance that you would normally carry into a game by allowing them to feel as though they're on the same level. And like, yeah. Again, good for Australia. I'm very much coming at this as a, this is how Team USA should feel approached. Like I, if, a, if Australia shocks the world and wins gold, I'm not going to be hanging my head about it. Like we're going to have lots to talk about on the pod, but, um, it, you know, it's definitely would, would add some intrigue, but no, I, I don't think it's time to panic. These games, as fun as they are right now, they do not matter. Once they start mattering, we'll talk. Or, yeah. But for now, it, it is, it's just, it's just talk and it's just the team trying to gel and play like they are. A like one unit and not just you know six players from the Phoenix Mercury and Seattle Storm <laughs> filled in with the rest of the best players in the league. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with all of that, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Team Australia, they have a different uh, a different have a different look than we would have expected. Uh, one of <laughs> yeah. their presumed heavy hitters, Liz Cambage, has been excused from the team. That's the delicate way to put it. Um, what really happened is she issued a statement, uh, uh, which appeared to be very heartfelt on Twitter, saying that she hasn't been her best mentally or physically, and that uh, what's best for her is to withdraw from Team Australia. The reports coming out from the team side of things seem to indicate that she has been disruptive uh, and that behind closed doors, there may have even been a physical altercation, which resulted in Australia booting her from the team. So or considering is, to boot her. This yeah. is a little bit of a, you can't fire me, I quit situation. Uh, and team, like team Australia doesn't seem to look particularly concerned about losing a very talented center. Um, all that considered, Kyle, which, which side of this are you feeling like you're on right now with, with the facts that we have? <laughs> Great question. And, uh, here's, here's what I got to say about this. Could Team Australia have seen some concerns, uh, with Liz Cambage, especially if there happened to be, you know, a, a fight in the locker room, um, or, or something to those effects or breaking of team rules? Absolutely. Could those things also have been the result? of Liz Cambage not being in her best mental state and being in a moment in her life where she's struggling. Absolutely. I don't think that you have to necessarily pick a side here. I think that you can have love and respect for both Australian basketball and for Liz Cambage and have an understanding that, um, you know, accountability and uh being able to you know accountability for your actions and also having some um you know responsibility and self recognition of of your mental health status and wanting to take care of that i think that those aren't mutually exclusive i think that it's okay to to have an understanding for both um 
obviously we don't know a ton of details. We have Liz Cambage's uh, statement and we have some reports, but no details on, you know, quote unquote, breaking team rules and, and put perhaps a, a, a fighter and altercation in the locker room. That's what we know. And at that point, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel for both sides on, on this, in this case, perhaps Liz was doing those things because she wasn't in a great mental state and maybe she needs to take some time to focus on, on getting, uh, getting that taken care of. And I hope that, you know, she gets the help that she deserves and that she needs. And I hope that this, um, ends up being a, a positive long term for her, um, and a positive long term for, uh, Team Australia, who, you know, who obviously after Liz, um, you know, kind of, kind of pulled herself away from the situation, whether she was going to be kicked off the team or not, went out and got a W against arguably the best team in, you know, the world. Uh, in, in team USA basketball. So uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I'm for or against, uh, well, I, I will say I'm for both of these, uh, uh, parties and, and not against either one of them. So that's, that's kind of my, <laughs> my take on it. And that's not me trying to be politically correct. Like that's my honest, true feelings on this. So I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on the situation. Yeah, no, I get that. I, if you've listened to the pod, you know, I love the character that Cambage plays in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that she came out in the all-star game, like a WWE wrestler. Like she plays in the crowd. <laughs> She's so fun to watch. She's she was the most to back it up. She I, and DT didn't play game. and they were both the most, and, and Liz was maybe the most entertaining person in the entire arena and didn't step on the court. She yeah, she completely <laughs> understands what she's doing when she interacts with fans and the media, and I love that about her. But right. I also get concerned that that character is being played because of some underlying things that she's going through, and right. she's she's been fairly open about you know medication and mental health and things that she's struggling with. But it's also causing her to get in her own way, and I, I don't want to say that in an unsympathetic way. Because I know she's like, if, if it could be avoided, she, it's, it's one of her life's dreams to, to win Olympic gold for Australia. She said that in her, her Twitter statement. It was that, that's what kind of made me feel like that, that those words on Twitter were not just an excuse because she knew she was getting excused from the team. I, I really think that that was a heartfelt note, but, right. but it's, she's, this is a classic athlete arc that we've seen time and time again across sports where all the talent in the world cannot overcome like those, those mental issues that, that cause you to get in your own way. And mm. it's both tragic, but it's also actions and consequences. And so it's hard for me as an outsider to weigh in as much as we pay attention to the league. And as much as we talk about it on the pod, it, you know, it's difficult for me to say, this is how a player should deal with their mental struggles and obstacles, because I don't, you know, I don't have, I don't think anybody can tell her that. Um, but I feel for her and I, I, I feel for team Australia who would obviously prefer her be there. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily the wrong call, but it sucks. And I hope she gets a chance to make a run at it again in a couple of years. Um, but this is the sort of thing that like the, the, the way, you know, the pettiness of how the Olympics sometimes works. This might be her only chance to be on the team. Maybe in three years when they're doing another summer Olympics, it's kind of like your chance is over. Like the Candace Parker 
sort of thing that happened with Team USA where it's like, that's, uh, you know, that, that tie has been severed. There's not a relationship there anymore. You know, that, that door is kind of closed. So I feel for her. I want her to be fully there mentally and physically when the, when play resumes in the league, because I think Vegas has a really good shot at a title this year. And I think she belongs in, you know, in the discussion for one of the key cogs of, of the entire league. I know we've had people in the chat ask if Vegas would actually be better off if they traded her and found a trade partner and got some things in return. And I don't know if they win a title this year because she can go toe to toe with the Bree Stewart's and John Cole Joneses of the world. I think we know the answer to that question. So, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a, that's really well said. Like it's hard for us to have like a definitive take on this. We're not the ones in the locker room. We're not the ones uh, having one-on-one chats with Liz Campage. We're like, and, and so we just, we try and, and take a, an objective look at things and hope for the best for everyone involved. Like that's really what it boils down to. Obviously there's a lot of huge opinions on either side of things. Um, what we hope that uh, people take from this is, you know, personally as hosts that uh, mental health is a, a huge element uh, for all of us, all four of us uh, involved with this show. And so we want to make sure that that's something that uh, is highlighted for anybody who, um, you know, anybody who's going through that and, and who wants to find some help, like obviously takes taking it, uh, something like this and being able to, you know, make positive audit and reflect on your own uh, mental health to make sure that you're staying good to go that way as well, as well. You know, yeah. uh, we're, we're, we are getting a, a question in our Twitch chat right now, which I think fits perfectly with where we're at in this conversation. Um, and that is, will this affect anything with the aces after the bit, after the break? What do you think, Logan? Uh, mentally, I think four or five weeks is a nice long time to kind of, refresh, reassess, rest your body, um, get into a better routine. I, I think one of the things that uh, Liz was worried about was going into a bubble where there'd be no friends, no family, no outer contact, you know, that mm-hmm. is, that is, you know, strenuous on anybody, but especially someone already dealing with some demons. Um, so if she spends time with friends and family and, you know, gets a little bit of a, a refresh and has a second half kick, I think that'd be great for her and the aces. What concerns me is there was a, a part of her note that said that she didn't feel 100% physically ready either. So maybe it's just the classic bumps and bruises of, you know, 20 games into the season. Everybody's dealing with ice, a break. You know, icing and taping up the ankles and the knees and just trying to get right. Well, hopefully there's not an underlying thing going on where it's like, oh, we're actually worried about a hamstring or an Achilles or an ACL or anything like that. Um, because I, I really badly want to see the aces be last year's aces plus lids. Uh, because I, you know, this Seattle storm team is, is a different team. This aces team is much the same. Uh, and this Connecticut sun team is playing like the hairs on fire and Chicago and the links are in the rear view. So we could have a much more tightly packed upper echelon of teams by the end of the season fighting for a title where last year we all kind of felt like there's really two teams in the race and yeah. I, I want there to be four or five teams in the race and I want Vegas to be one of those. So that's, that's the best I got for that one. <laughs> um, 
Logan, before we, uh, well, there's a couple other things, obviously, we want to touch on, can, you know, involving the all-star, involving, uh, uh, you know, things surrounding that. But before we do, let's take a quick break and, and do a quick rundown of where people can get in contact with us and how they can, uh, be involved with our content. Logan, you want to let people know the best ways to, to do that? Absolutely. Right now we are broadcasting live on Twitch as we do with the vast majority of our episodes. So you can be a part of the Twitch chat. Come on, ask us questions, be a part of that. Um, you can also, oh, that's twitch.tv slash agent. You can also find us at Twitter, um, finding some of our road trip sing-alongs and, and other questions. A really good question that Kyle asked tonight that you can be a part of. That's at WNBA Nation Pod. Um, tonight's question from, from Kyle on that account was uh, to tell us your favorite WNBA player with three emojis. We've been spending most of the evening in our group chat, putting our minds together, trying to guess a couple. There's there's still one or two that are outstanding that we haven't uh, we haven't got to yet. So um, Twitter, Twitch, everywhere you can listen to pods. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star review. It'd help us get the show out to more listeners um, and also improve our standing among basketball podcasts. We are in the top 100 basketball podcasts on like all of the internet and the universe, um, which is pretty spectacular. And we're really proud of that. And it's because of you guys that we've been able to be you know, discovered by all the different people that have left reviews. So if you can perpetuate that, if you like listening to the show, if we get you through your work day, uh, just let us know what you like about it. And, uh, we will read those reviews on the air. Uh, In fact, is, we have fun. one to read right now. Oh. We have another five-star review. Five-star reviews. <laughs> Got another one. This is like a couple episodes in a row that we've had them, so uh, keep it up, everybody. If you haven't reviewed us on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, the artist formerly known as iTunes, get on that. So here we go. Here's our latest five-star review. It says, get more WNBA in your life. And this comes from Hypothetifan. So Hypothetifan, I guess, is the proper way to pronounce that. It says, with only 12 teams in my favorite league, the friendly debate and predictions help fill the gap during those long stretches between games. Hopefully expansion is coming, but I'll still tune in when that happens because there will be even more fun stuff to talk about. Thank you, Hypothetifan. We appreciate that. And thank you to everybody who's given us a five-star review there and subscribed and listened wherever you uh, consume your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Logan, there's a couple other topics, obviously, that we, we, you know, a couple of little small things that we want to hit on before we, we wrap up. But I thought that, uh, as I was looking at that five-star review prior to the episode, expansion? Bay Area? <laughs> Yeah, we, we need to talk about potential Oakland team names, do we not? I mean, that's, uh. Yeah, I think that's the. Now, to, to be clear, this is not, uh, this is not something that's written in stone. This is very similar to like the PDX Diamond Project where there is a group getting organized and kind of pitching a team rather than the league coming out and saying, we're going to put a team in Oakland. That, at least that's my understanding of it. Um. Yeah. Which is still excellent. Oakland obviously um, losing uh, losing their some of their sports teams as well as San Diego over the last couple of years to the big empty spot in LA that kind of drew a bunch of teams in like a big black hole. Um, 
But, you know, the A's are still there. The, the Raiders are in Vegas now. That was pretty obvious from everywhere we walked in Vegas this week. Um, they're now a Raiders city. Um, it's a little sad because they're, they're so tightly associated with Oakland. And we would love Oakland to expand back into adding teams rather than losing them. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and it would be there. There's been a lot of talk about expansion, obviously, among fans. Uh, right now from Kathy Engelbert, we know that it's kind of, Something that's being talked about, but it's not, there's no, there's no time frame. There's no, you know, be on the lookout next year. Something big is coming. We haven't heard that announcement yet, but one of the very probably tippy top recommendations for expansion has to be Bay Area, Houston to bring back the Comets. Louisville, I've heard is, is in there. I th- um, I've heard, I think Toronto would be a really cool spot. Toronto would be cool. A Florida team, so like the, the Miami Soul. Yeah, getting back. Miami back would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think that I think but that the, works in a lot yeah, of ways. The amount of the amount of money and the amount of sports interest in Oakland and kind of the thirst for it now that the Raiders are gone, uh, certainly Oakland uh, has to be at the top of that list for, for them. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to just having a place to play. My Western bias definitely wants one in like Denver, Salt Lake, or Portland. So Bay Area, I would love, take. <laughs> uh, considering that the Blazers are going to leave Portland in the next decade, I would love uh, a WNBA <laughs> team in Portland. We'll have an empty arena. Uh, we've, we rumors, we, we've all heard rumors surrounding uh, Lillard. So maybe he just takes the entire organization and moves it to another like location with new uh, front office. <laughs> He's like, all right, we're going to, Helena, Montana, and we, they, they just I, I'll, I'll go disrupt. on a rant on this show, but just know that there is like a non-zero chance that if he leaves, Portland will be so bad and its ownership <laughs> is, is so desperate for money that that might happen. But I would love to see the Portland Fire come back. We're seeing in the chat bring back the miracle. Obviously, everyone wants to see the Houston Comets. Um, there's, there were a lot of really cool, um, recommendations when we put it out on Twitter for Oakland team names that I wouldn't have thought. Uh, my probably my leading candidate that I would never have gotten to was um, the Oakland Reds, as in Redwoods. Um, That'd be I cool. That was a very like it's it's regional, but it also rolls off the tongue and it sounds nice and it feels like something you could do a lot of cool things with um, branding wise. So I really I really liked that one. Um, the Oakland Lasers was recommended. I don't know where that. Comes from, is it a reference to an older team? I'm not sure. Was there an old Oakland Lasers? I know that one came up. And it didn't feel like it was random. It felt like it was based on something. So I was like, oh, that, as long as it's based on something, that's cool. Otherwise, it's just a very like, ah, I take it back. It's still cool. Um, but <laughs> yeah, not that I can find. No Google search says anything about Oakland Lasers. Um, I, yeah, I, well, because here's the thing. We all know that we would love to see more players making the WNBA making rosters and, and it's always tough. Um, and, and we can have this, uh, a whole other chat on, on this in general, but I will just say that, you know, there's certain players that, um, squeaked onto rosters at some point and are finding themselves or, or were cut from rosters at some point and are now finding themselves in all-star games and winning all-star MVPs, you know, like Erica Wheeler, uh, bit Nigel Laney, uh, you know, and, and others that that didn't necessarily have the traditional route into the WNBA, or or that didn't you know stick with a team that were waived and now 
you know, our, our, our all-star caliber level, level players. So yeah, anytime that there's roster expansion, uh, team expansion, I, I get excited, but as Logan and, and I have talked uh, quite a bit with, with Steven Jason, cautiously excited. We need to do it yeah. the right way and don't rush it. Do it the right way. Make sure that the, that the league is healthy and that the area is healthy and, and really wanting a WNBA franchise before you just make that jump. So yeah, there was a really good discussion a little while ago, um, between our Twitter and, and several accounts that we're talking about kind of the, the order of operations and what needs to happen to grow the league. And there, there wasn't really a consensus, but to me, it was pretty clear. Like, like the current CBA goes through 2028. Um, and so anything that affects people's money on the back end is going to be really hard to get through. So when you talk about like, Oh, like what about roster expansion? What you're really saying is, what if we upped the salary cap for all 12 teams in the league so that they could pay yeah. two or three more players? And, and then on top of that, you have to incentivize teams to want depth instead of to use that money on a fourth star or a third star. Right. Um, and so like roster expansion is not as simple as you think, you know, lengthening the season would, would kind of stress the importance of depth, but then you have to have places to play. You have, you know, you have to pay everybody. And you have to I was going like, to say, you have to incentivize the players to not bail and go overseas because they're right. getting up overseas money to stay. So it has to come with, again, increased caps as well. Right. Every, everything that you think like that will grow the league, you have to remember that it impacts about six or seven other things almost like directly down the line that are like, Oh, well, like that might be not be the best thing for my team. If all of a sudden we needed to find a way to staff and hold 50 games worth of basketball in this arena right. um, and then TV deals and such and such. And anyway, so it's, it's a long complicated thing. It's a very, very fun discussion. I don't want to sound like it's not worth having, but um, I, I don't want people to see this news that Oakland is preparing to like pitch. Like we want a team and think that by 2022, we're going to be able to go to an all-star game in Oakland. Like it's, we're thinking long term, and that's not a problem. The WNBA should be thinking long term. I hope they have a ten year plan and a three year plan and a five year plan. Like the Kathy Engelbert has shown nothing but you know moves that are worthy of our trust since she took the reins. Right. Um, so it makes sense that she would. In its you know in due time, there will be expansion. But for sure, cool. Like be excited about this Oakland thing, and also like cool your expectations on there being 14 teams in the league in the next year or two. Like it's, it's process. And I, I think it's going to take a while. They got to stop having three rounds of the draft every year. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, no, that was, that was definitely uh that was a thing that happened. Um, I really enjoyed that. I you, you mentioned there were a couple other like smaller topics we could touch on. I, there was, yeah, one, I want to talk, I want to talk three point. Oh, sorry. Did you so have you, one? I was thinking well, three point contest. Yeah, I guess there were two that I want to touch on you. That's one of them. So let's do that next. Um, okay. Allie Quigley going out. First of all, congratulations to everyone involved and especially John Quill Jones for holding her own <laughs> as a big in a three point contest against potentially the greatest three point contest contestant of all time. Yeah. Um, Allie Quigley goes out, gets the job done. Not really any doubt that she would, honestly, especially like halfway through her first round when she started nailing all the, like the money rack. It started <laughs> to feel like, all right, this, 
This well, is just this is going to be hers to lose, yeah. Uh, but then kind of cooled the crowd energy with with her acceptance speech. Do you want to talk about what that was like? <laughs> yeah. Um, that was an interesting, uh, interesting scenario. I don't know what the TV broadcast uh, showed. I have it recorded, but I haven't gone back and watched it. So I don't know how much uh, everybody at home, uh, like heard or, or what, what you saw or heard about three point contest or, or her acceptance speech. But basically, uh, she wins it and, uh, gets presented with the trophy, uh, from Holly Rowe and basically, um, you know, gets a question from Holly Rowe about, you know, winning her third title. And she says, well, I'll never do this again, <laughs> which I think. <laughs> was on her mind and I, I I understand what she was trying to say but it didn't come across the way that every, like I think she wanted and everybody in the arena was like boo <laughs> like cuz everybody loves Ellie Quigley and wants Ellie Quigley to continue to dominate in the three point contest because she's so much fun to watch shoot the three ball and so it was uh but that was interesting cuz she just said well you know i i i i won't ever do this contest again kind of as like a don't worry this is my last time you have to look at me here in a kind of a like a humble way you know and i again i understand what she was trying to say but everybody was like no <laughs> like, well, and I, I think you, she, we she was trying to have play. fun with it and and yeah. i'm sure she was tired like she got up 100 oh, shots sure. in like 2 minutes and i think she was just like like this is the last time guys like it's 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 fun, but like, but yeah, everyone was like, but you have three. And honestly, I won't say she should have four, but she should have had a chance to get four. Right. Um, because of some stuff that happened with the Strickland one. But, um, the, uh, there are other people that have three. Nobody has four. Yeah. And nobody, so it's like, why men's or women's do nobody do one more, right? Like do one more. And I know every year they add another, like this one is worth two points and this, the Mountain Dew area is worth three points. And like, I know it's getting more and more kind of game showy, but it's still like, ah, oh, but you're, it's so fun to watch her get in the zone and, and do it. And I, I really was pulling for her, but when John Quill Jones had a really good round in, in the second, like in the, in the final, it almost felt like, man, if it was anybody but Allie, that might be enough. Like that really puts the pressure on the second person to go. When you have a really good, like 20, what, like 24, yeah. 26, something like that. And it was like, Oh, like that's, that's solid. Um, but no, Allie Quigley was just the best. I know everybody in the arena, but me was booing her. I was still like, I love you, but <laughs> do what's best for you. I think, yeah. I think the two rows in front of us were like, does this guy know she's married to Quigs? <laughs> I, I do know. I do married know. to salute. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, dude, I will say this. John Quill Jones had maybe the best night of anyone and didn't come away with an MVP or an, uh, three point contest trophy, but would have, but took a very, very close second in both of those. I really hope I'm not pulling for anyone in particular for the MVP race, but if John Quill Jones gets to the end of the season and she doesn't have either an MVP award or a championship ring, it's going to be one of the most like unrewarded great seasons in WNBA history. Yeah. In fact, she and Tina Charles right now are one and two in points and in rebounds in the league. Tina Charles is number one in points. John Quell's number two in points in rebounds. John Quell's number one and Tina's number two. 
And the difference is that Connecticut's won a few more games. And so there's that element to it as well. But yeah, overall it's, yeah, (laughs) like she's having one of the better seasons. She had a fantastic showing at the, at the all-star game. Um, you know, really, really did well there. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, she just, we, everybody talked, uh, Agumba Wale and deservedly so. Um, John Quell had 18 points and 14 rebounds and four assists. So she, uh, she had more rebounds and more assists and more steals, uh, than Arike, but Arike had, uh, eight more points. And so, um, you know, I, I think that John Quill was right there, like easily could have been selected for the MVP and maybe missed by just a fraction. Uh, kind of just like, uh, she lost to Allie Quigley by just a fraction as well. So absolutely monster showing from John Quill Jones at the, at the all-star game. Just huge shout out to her. I think she's having one of the, the best showings that we're, that we're ever going to see. Um, and, uh, yeah. And just, just major, major love. Um, I, uh, just so all the Connecticut Sun fans that perked up as I was talking to John Quill Jones, just so y'all know, I'm wearing a Connecticut Sun hat on the stream. There's no disrespect here as Logan wanted to, to <laughs> stir up last episode. <laughs> you're pandering. Now you're pandering. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is not pandering. This is, this is just real. And this is how it's always been. Fake. And uh, I, y'all, y'all just need to know that. Y'all just need to know. <laughs> All right, the, this is. I, um, just so you know, we, we actually do know what our next episode is going to be because it's the only night that Kyle's like home next week. So on yep. Wednesday, we are going to do some degree of kind of reviewing like midseason grades, midseason awards, that sort of discussion. So if you want to be a part of that, that'll be a very fun one. You can get on uh, our Twitch and and be a part of that show when we record it. I don't want to like overstep in this episode and get into too much of that. But just so you know, if you wanted to create a John Quill Jones MVP argument right now, <laughs> she is third in win shares behind Bree Stewart and Asia Wilson. She is second in offensive rating behind Kayla Thornton. And she is second in defensive rating. She is the only player in the top three in the league in win shares, offensive rating and defensive rating. Yeah, that's impressive. That's insanely impressive. So anyway, this is a this is now a, this is just a Junkwell Jones fan uh, podcast. Junkwell Pod, we're a Junkwell Pod. Uh, but yeah, Logan, you said you had one other topic you wanted to hit before before there, we called it. Yeah, and I, it's a little out of order because we touched on it earlier. That's okay. But let's do it. We have talked at length, both on the show and in private, about. Arike Agumbawale, and if she is a true 1A star yes. in the league. And I was always on the fence between, <laughs> I, I think she's, you know, I think she's great. I think she deserves to be a star. I think Dow's building around her makes sense. And at the same time, kind of feel like there's a, a built in ceiling if she is the player that you're betting your franchise on. Like, I, there are lots of teams where I feel like she'd be an incredible addition to a, a true number one. So like in, in some fantasy universe, if you ended up with an Enrique Gubawale and a Bree Stewart, it's Bree's team, but you're a contender because you've got this incredible one-two punch. Right now, you've got Dallas players coming out of the, out of the woodwork and developing like your Marina Mabrys, who is in the running for most improved this year. 
But I want to know what you think the ceiling is for Dallas with Arike as their number one. After watching how intense and how 100 miles per hour and how fun she was at the All-Star game. Because that game changed my impression of her. And, <laughs> and I want to know if it did for you as well. I'll say this. I There's times when I'm cooler on Arike uh, over the last couple of seasons. But I will say this. Um, Arike, I think, is starting to figure out that she doesn't. Uh, well, I am hope that she's starting to figure out that she doesn't have to do all of it. All the time for her first season or two, she kind of had to do all of it. And I think, you know, as she learns that and she just learns to play and to highlight the players around her and to use the star power that she has to like benefit them better. I think that Arike could, could potentially lead a team and, and be kind of that, that one star. If you get some others surrounding her that, takes a team to like a WNBA finals. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. And I changed my tune on Enrique um, a little bit. Uh, just when I saw her play in person, uh, when I was down in Dallas with Jason, now she didn't have a particularly good game um, necessarily. She, she didn't have a great game. That was a, that was a huge game for Marina Mabry. Um, but just watching her live, and watching her this season, I've, I've kind of changed my tune on her this season, um, slowly, uh, than I, than I had in, in previous seasons. I really do think that, uh, um, I think that Arike uh, probably hasn't get received the credit that she deserves from me in the past. And, uh, and again, I'm like you, uh, Logan, just, just that WNBA All-Star game was one more step in that right direction of, of me truly seeing what I think Arike is, is capable of in the future. So I'm again, this isn't saying that that will happen or that it's, it's a hundred percent for sure. I'm just saying it's, it's the potential is there. It really is. And she, I mean, she, she dropped 26 against team USA. You know, she, she dropped 26 against Bree Stewart, Asia Wilson, Brittany Griner, Jewel Lloyd, Sue Bird, Ariel Atkins, Sylvia Faust, Tina Charles, Chelsea Grace, Sky Dig and Nafisa. That's yeah, what she dropped 26 on. She's so, a scorer, undeniable. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the divide comes when you start thinking about, can she be the best player on a championship team? And right. like, maybe that's a little unfair because a lot of times the best player on the best teams the last couple of years have been forwards. So you've got your yeah. Andrew Wilsons and your Bree Stewart's and your Deladons. Deladon. And so yeah. it's like, all right, well, let's say we pair her with a great star forward, but can she... Can she be that? So let's, I, let's take Asia I, Wilson, I for example. You take her and Asia Wilson sure. as, your, as your two main pieces. I think absolutely. I, yeah, and, and obviously that's asking a lot because the Dallas rebuild doesn't currently have that player. And right. so as I, I know we talked to Joe at dinner and she really hated what Dallas was doing and thinks Greg Bibb should be fired and like was really fiery about it. It was actually great. We need to have Joe it was, it was on the one show of my favorite. Yeah, we need to, we need to do that. <laughs> uh, Joe, actually, if you're listening, we need to schedule that. We really do. Uh, but actually, I like what Dallas's build has done in terms of, I think they're drafting smart and I think they're developing players. It, it's taken a little bit longer than you'd want because you're comparing them to teams like New York and Minnesota that have kind of like rebounded quickly. From, from rebuilds, but they're doing a lot better than like Indiana or Atlanta. Yeah. Like they, they, they definitely have a future, but I'm, I do think there is a ceiling there that is not a championship ceiling if they don't mm. acquire a star forward, because otherwise what you have is your T Mac 
or your Carmelo Anthony or like just any other great scorer in the history of basketball who like was kind of expected to do it all on their own. Um, and mm-hmm. just had like, they had some pieces around them, but it didn't, they didn't get paired with their Dirk Nowitzki or, you know, their, even like it sucks that Cam Beige forced her way out of there and ended up in Vegas because that could be, that, that could have been the one too. Yeah. That was really um, excellent. So I, I really, I love a lot of what Dallas has done, but I understand Joe and others frustration because it's like, where do you think this team can go if you're relying on Arike to do all of it and be yeah. like the best player on the team? So kind of a vague answer on both of our parts, but like, I, I, I think that's a discussion worth having. And I think if you watch her in the all-star game, you realize how fun it is to see her go like to the wall, every single play, like bringing the intensity being like, she is a great slasher and a great scorer and a creative ball handler and things that are very exciting to watch. So I hope that she can turn into an AI or some, I, I'm sorry, I keep making NBA comparisons, but that's just, I, I hope that she's that instead of just a bulk. She's been a bulk scorer since she came into the league. She's just in her third year. She was um, the scoring, scoring champion last season. Yeah. So she, yeah. she's come into the league and immediately been like, look, I'm going to get my 20 points a game, like from her rookie year on. Um, but I, I hope she becomes more well-rounded than that. And I hope that I hope that Dallas makes the right move at the right time because they're going to have assets. They're going to have things to trade. They can't just pay all of their rookies in two or three years that they drafted in the last two seasons. <laughs> I, I want so, Enrique to still get that, you know, 20 points, 23 points, 25 points a game like we're used to seeing. I just want her to do it on slightly less shots. Yeah. If she can, I think yeah. it's efficiency at this point. And I think, again, that comes with if you paired her with another, you know, big name threat, that's going to open things up. So it makes sense that, you know, she would be more efficient. Uh, and so I, I think that that is an easily accessible um, thing for her to to achieve. So, yeah, I like that last topic there. That's good. That's probably it for today, guys. Uh, we hit all things All-Star and Team USA, and we will be coming at you, as we mentioned, on Wednesday with midseason awards, reviews, grades, everything that you're thinking, hey, I, I really need a recap of the first leg of the season. We're going to be doing it. So be on the lookout for that. We might even be breaking that up into multiple different episodes so you can get through multiple workdays listening to our wonderful pod. Speaking of how awesome we are, <laughs> which is which is a <laughs> terrible way of putting it, um, podcastawards.com currently running uh, nominations for your favorite podcasts in all different kinds of categories. You can go on there and nominate WNBA Nation under the sports category as well as People's Choice. And then if you see other podcasts that you know and love on the different categories, you can do that as well while you're over there. We encourage that sort of thing. Um, it's getting bigger and bigger every year, and we are going up against some of the big dogs in the industry from the big networks that have millions and millions of followers. But uh, we love an underdog. So <laughs> uh, we figure if we can get some of our Twitter folks out there and our, our pod listeners and our Twitch fam, uh, if you all go to podcastawards.com, you find us under sports and you nominate us, give them your email so they know you're a real person. That would help us out a ton. And we will see where that lands us. Um, I don't, I don't really know. We've never, we've never really tried it before. So it's new for yeah, us. we'll see what happens. <laughs> We're breaking a lot of new ground in a lot of different ways on the back end of the show, but we appreciate all of you sticking with us through all of it as we 
kind of try to rework and, and refine the product that we're putting out for all of you. I'm sorry if I'm echoey today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just a transition. So, <laughs> it's a new recording location. We'll fix it. Don't worry. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Um, Kyle, I, I love the hat. Do you have anything else to say to Connecticut Sun fans and Sun fans only before we hop <laughs> off the pod? <laughs> Uh, not specifically. All right, Logan, close your ears. Close your ears. This is just for Sun fans. This is just for the Connecticut Sun fans. Okay. Connecticut Sun fans, listen, the real enemy here, the real enemy here is people who try to make it sound like I disrespect you because I don't. Because I don't. So it's Logan's the real enemy. We need to eliminate him. Just, wow. oh, were you listening? This was only wow. for Sun fans. This was only like, for Sun fans. I gave you 10 Whoa. or 15 seconds and I put the headphones in. This, this was I'm, a bear. There was a barrier that was crossed, sir. Wow. <laughs> you know, if they throw a brick through my window, it's your window, too. That's how it works. Oh, that, that's true. That's true. But, <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> All right, never mind. Forget what I said. Forget what I said. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. If you've been on the Twitch chat, we're going to hang out a little bit after the show as we do our, our little uh, our weekly export dance while we get this fired off over to Jason. Uh, but thank you for joining us for today's talk. I think this was a really fun one. For WNBA Nation, I'm Logan Jones. And I'm Kyle Haywood. And we got you next time.